And we're back, and welcome to Essential Dynamics, another podcast episode. I'm your host, Reed McCollum. Well, your guest host now, because uh, I've wanted to talk to the regular host, Mr. Derek Hudson, about some things on that he's learned this year in uh, Essential Dynamics. So I have returned to the microphone to find out a little bit more. Derek, are you there? Hey, Reid, thanks for stepping in and uh, taking over so uh, so adeptly. I'm I'm happy to be at your uh, at your service today on uh, on the Essential Dynamics podcast. Yes, I am. I'm looking forward to it because we have a lot to discuss. First of all, I've been uh, I've been following your season this year, and you've talked to a lot of very interesting people, and uh, I. I, I want to know what you've learned in general. Uh, what What do you think you've had this year that has been that has stand, that ha, that stands out as uh, particular lessons of the central dynamics and for you? Well, one of the things that I that I really want to talk about today is uh, is is how you go from perhaps being stuck to moving forward along the lines of uh, all, all kinds of interesting things that are, that are guests of share. And uh, you know, like most recently Marvin Washington was on and he talked about having a life plan uh, a few episodes before that uh, my partner and McTaggart and I talked about an organization have a business model or which is really like a life plan for your business. And when, when you have those things, you have the ability to look at your business and see how you're doing. But a lot of times we don't think of things that way. We just, you know, we get up and we go and we do stuff every day and we get, we get into the thick of it. And from time to time, we might have some unsettling feelings like, you know, there might be, there might be something more to this. We might, there might be a different approach. Is that what you mean by being stuck? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Now, you know, if you go back, uh, like way back, my, my, um, consulting practice, I call it unconstrained now. Um, originally when I started it years ago, it was unconstrained CFO. And I, I find it very interesting that 13 years after I started my, my business, the, the consultancy called unconstrained helps people get unconstrained helps people get unstuck. And so one of the things, one of the ways to start that process, I guess, is to say, well, like, what is, what is being stuck and, and how does, how does it feel? What and, is being stuck? How does it feel? I'm talking from a business perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think one of the ways to look at it is that if you're a leader in an organization, your job typically isn't to just like do the work it's to it's to solve the problems get in they get in the way of other people doing the work and when um when you're good at that then you solve problems you can solve easy problems you can solve hard problems but you get to the point where there are problems that you can't solve and then that's kind of where you stay because the easy ones come and go and the hard ones are, are persistent. They, they stay with you. Sometimes that's because you don't, you can't see them. 
And so you might kind of stall out and not recognize that there are, uh, there's a higher level problem that you could take on if you appreciated what it was. We often say consider your quest on this show, or uh, at least we have since the beginning. And, and uh, I'm wondering if that is also a, uh, uh, a gate to understanding uh, what the main problems are. I wonder if we're always on the same page, especially in business. Uh, what if you come up with a disagreement? Yeah. What if your employees do not see the same quest you do? Okay. So, so Reed, I have this, I have this cheat sheet in front of me of uh, the top 10 ways we can feel stuck. Yes. And I don't, I don't want to be really um, uh, structured today, but that's on the list. Okay. Good. Uh, it is that we, we don't agree on the problem or we don't agree on the purpose. Ah. How right? do you get? How do you get agreement? How do you get people? agreement? Well, get agreement between two people, let alone ten, well, fifteen. Well, well, I would say that, um, however you do it, and it's not easy. Uh, there is so much power in aligning everyone's efforts to to the purpose, or as as we describe sometimes, purpose X and purpose Y. If you get all right. that out there, uh, then a lot of other stuff can get taken care of. But if you're not in agreement on the purpose, then you like by definition, you're stuck. Okay, so that's uh, a core problem. So, so that's so that's uh, that's something that you want to you definitely want to take on. And so, what happens with organizations is over time, uh, they may drift from their original purpose, or the environment may change, and the original purpose may be less relevant. But organizations uh, have ways of um, self-sustaining you know, they just keep going. And so you go and you go and you go and things are done out of habit. And then at some point you realize just a second here, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, so, so consider your quest is a great way of saying just a second here, or if we're doing something hard, it must be, it must be something that's, that's, you know, epic. It's for a purpose. And so what's that purpose? And can we restate or rediscover that, rediscover that purpose? Uh, the other thing while we're on the topic of purpose and I, I put it down as a separate thing is that, is that we might be clear on one purpose, but we have that second purpose, that complementary purpose, the purpose Y to the purpose X that's not been explored or not been stated. And uh, some, why is that? Why do we not have, why is it so often unspoken? Well, well, I, th- I think for a few reasons, one is that we're kind of conditioned that you know an organization should have a mission mm-hmm. and so they're like there's like there's one purpose and uh you know what i've discovered in in you know thinking about essential dynamics is the real challenge is when you have complementary purposes that you can't accomplish at the same time but you have to accomplish both of them and and there's a lot of create creative tension there that can create an awesome business or Give awesome organization well, you know, the one that I've referred to a number of times on the podcast is just a conversation I had with my daughter when she was a young university student. And she told me that I wasn't a good parent. She didn't say that. What she said was that she thought as a child that my job as a parent was to help her be happy. Uh-huh. And she didn't think I did that good of a job, mostly because we had rules and she had to do chores. Mm-hmm. 
but she said I she realized later on as a young university student that my purpose was or, or, or our purpose Tamaris and I our purpose was that she'd be happy as an adult and she didn't think we had done a bad job at that it just wasn't fun to be a child who was preparing to be an adult <laughs> I guess fair fair enough because adulting is you know it's hard yeah. So, so if you have, uh, at the same time, you're trying to accomplish, you know, reinforce the child, support the child, love the child in the moment and put the child through hard, hard experiences and teach them discipline so they can be productive as an adult. That's being a great parent, but it's, but it's not that easy. And the same, same in a business. Like I, I was thinking about two examples that I can think of organizations that I've been involved with. And it's interesting that both were not-for-profit organizations. Okay. And they were large, like hundreds of employees. And one of them was a not-for-profit business that didn't appreciate that it was a business. And so what they kind of... think it was? If well, you've got, if you've got employees, what do you think you are? Well, but they thought that they were this, uh, you know, sort of gift to the world. Oh. And, and that the business would take care of itself if they just stuck to the altruistic mission that they had. And it was a, it was a good mission. Um, the other organization was a not-for-profit that, uh, focused on the business and forgot the mission. And so then, you know, as a business, you're looking for revenue here, you're looking for revenue there. And, um, they, they lost their way as a result. And that organization no longer exists, but you can't, I mean, you can't, you have to have both of those. And, and if you're a for-profit organization, so yes, you're a business. Yes, you need to make money. But if, if you don't have a soul, right, if there's not some purpose you can rally employees behind, then you're buying people's time and attention in a series of transactions that it's going to be exhausting to keep up on. Whereas uh, you and I have both been involved in organizations and projects where people are in it for the purpose and the rest of it just kind of takes care of itself, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, so there's a bunch of stuff around being stuck that relates to being unclear about a purpose, being unclear about, you know, your complementary purpose. And, and, the, and the interesting thing about that is, if you think about it, unless you can define what you're trying to do, then you can't say you're having progress, so you must be stuck. Yeah. Because you can only well, pro- progress Derek, towards some kind of goal. Derek, how do you know you're stuck? Some some organizations that I'm thinking of in my head are, uh, or even my career, <laughs> I feel like I didn't know I was stuck for years. And I, only in retrospect do I go back and go, oh, I should have I should have moved on earlier. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, because I was just <clears throat> making things do every day was to get through the day and uh and there are organizations like that all over the place that don't know that they uh, you can be stuck for years and you absolutely could and and there's there's kind of two two of the things on my list that that fit that they're they're kind of opposites what which is appropriate for essential dynamics right because we deal with dynamic forces a lot so so one of them is that we're in this kind of codependent dysfunctional situation where okay. uh, the, the negative stuff is self-reinforcing. 
Um, and, you know, I, I had a conversation and there's, pro- there's probably two or maybe three conversations I've had in the past while where I've had someone, you know, kind of unload, uh, you know, maybe vent, maybe complain. You could use those words about how bad things were in their organization. And in at least one particular case, the person who was telling me this was uh, the owner. Oh, my. Okay. And uh, this wasn't going right with their employees and this wasn't going right. And, um, you know, it's a safe space. Like, we're, like you know, you're meeting with an unconstrained guide. We're having this conversation. It's an appropriate conversation. But, but I said at one point, well, if it's so bad, like, why do you put up with it? And it's momentum, isn't it? It's like just- you're, you're the owner. Like you don't have to have those employees. You don't have to have those customers. You don't have to do like you can choose. There's a lot of choices you have. And somehow our, our focus kind of narrows. And like you say, you get, you get up every day and you do the thing that's in front of you that day. And then at the end of the day, you're not happy. Um, so, there, so there's this negative negative loop that we get in and, and right. we can't and, see a way out of it. But don't a lot of people, and I mean millions of millions upon millions of people, get used to the bad day, get used to being stuck, and uh, and have no faith that whatever is different will be better. Hey, hey, Reed, there, there's oh man, there's so much in what you said there, and 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 we keep bouncing back and forth between the personal and the business, and that's totally appropriate. Uh, for for the, this conversation, but I'm going to go back to the business. Um, I I have said that uh, the three principles, underlying principles, essential dynamics are natural law, agency, and abundance. And it's about okay. episode 25 or something like that. It's a, it's a while back there, but by natural law, I mean that there's cause and effect. And that yes. if you can understand natural laws, you can invoke an effect by figuring out what thing causes it. And it's consistent somehow. Yes. Okay. Uh, the second thing is agency that, that we can then make a choice and we can do this thing or we can do that thing. And the third thing is abundance, which is the idea that your choices could make things better. And so we don't have to put up with, situations that are negative, but we get used to it. And, and so I'm going to bounce to another uh, thing that I've, uh, I, I wrote down is that the solution is hard. We're stuck because the solution is hard. I, I was in a conversation with someone, again, I was hearing about the bad things that were going on in the organization. Uh, I said, well, what do you think should be done? There was a pretty clear answer. And it's like, well, why don't you do that? And the answer was, because it's hard. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and, and I, that I'm like, well, the... you've just told me how hard your life is. Right. Don't you want to go through it? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, have, a, I have a story about that. And I, I don't know if I've shared on the podcast. I might have. I've shared the story recently. So last summer I was uh, mountain climbing. So, so this is a, we're on a a scramble. So this is non-technical. So we don't have uh, climate, we don't have harnesses, we don't have ropes, we don't need them. 
Um, but I had this really unsettled feeling for a couple of days before we uh, went on this scramble that I just couldn't shake. And, and we start up this particular slope and this is the Rocky mountains. So the, the Rocky mountains are, they have a lot of rocks on them and the rocks aren't all attached. I've heard right? that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we have this year, this series of little cliffs and loose rock. And the, and the thing is, is when you're on loose rock, you slide sometimes and there might be a little cliff below you or it might be a big cliff. And of course, when you're going up, if you climb up a little cliff and it's free climbing and it's not hard, handholds there once you get up you're above that particular cliff and so we did one little pitch it might have been 10 feet now i'm above this all i can see is tricky stuff every every direction and i don't want to be where i am and i don't want to keep going and uh one of the guys that i was one of the guys that i was with was uh trying to find like a better way maybe up and maybe down but he had to cross these tricky spots as he did that Sure. And I'm kind of evaluating the risk of doing one and then another one, and another one. And at some point you might slip. And I knew if I went back down the same way, um, that I'd be on solid ground pretty quick, but I also had to go down that way. And I wasn't happy about that either. And so the, the, the guy that I was right next to is a, is a young, young guy. He's a big guy. And he said, I'm not sure that you'll be able to reach that one foothold, but I know I can. So I'll go first and then I'll talk you through it. So he went down, I went down, 45 seconds, I'm sure, was all it took to get down there. And then I was totally solid. So above it, I was stuck. And everything I could do was hard. But I did one hard thing, and then it was good. And I had a great day after that. And and it didn't include continuing to go up either, by the way. That's that's great. So so one of the things... One of the things, yes, I know you do. <laughs> One of the things that keeps us stuck then is when we get a clear idea of what we have to do to get out of it, and it looks hard. And so one of the things that we could learn from that is let's embrace the hardness of being stuck to the point where we're, we're, we're not going to put up with it anymore. And I would say that that is uh, in, in an organization that's probably harder to work through than as an individual. That's profound. That's uh, that it is possible, more possible probably for an individual to change than it is an organization just because you have so many collective uh, drones. Yeah. yeah. And, and so many people can like drag it down and say no. Yeah. And because, because they're safe on that ledge, they, they see danger everywhere else, but I know I'm safe here. Right. Yeah. 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 As fun as that is to know you're not going to spend the night there. Like I was okay for a little while. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so those, and that's of course related to the, why we put up with things is because I I can, I know the hard that I'm dealing with and the hard that I got to work through I, that I'm worried about that. So I'll stay with the hard that I know. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So we've dealt a little bit about, uh, getting unstuck. I feel like the time is just zipping by. Um, uh, I wonder if you would allow me to come back another time and uh, and we can talk further about this because I'm not done. Yeah, I, I, I'm not either. And I and I know. Let me let me just see if there's a couple more. One more. 
that I can, oh yes, there's one that I want to cover on this one. And then let's go, let's, let's, let's pick this up in a, in a bit here. Uh, one of the other reasons that organizations get stuck is because they forget that the people they work with are individuals, are real people. Yeah. And they, and they treat them like objects. And so, so therefore you make an assumption that you can redraw something on an organization chart or set up a policy or declare some strategy or something like that. And then people will just like automatically respond in exactly the way you want. When in reality, all those, all those people in that organization each have their own set of uh, like personal objectives and their own standards and their own habits and their own ways of doing things. And it's super inconvenient super inconvenient <laughs> to, to have people like that in your organization. But that's, it's, what, that's why you want them all to stop being individuals. Yeah. It's just easier if you can say from now on, people will do it this way. Okay. And one, I think one of the things the pandemic has showed us is if you let people go home and work from home, they can surprise you. And then when you try and bring them back, it's they tricky. can surprise you again. <laughs> it's tricky, right? Of course it is. Of course. It's tr it's tricky. And so it's just this, you know, real inconvenience that these people that where you want their brilliance and their professionalism and their creativity, they come with a human spirit as well. And, and so th that's a, that's a interesting um, way to think that you're stuck is because you've got everything figured out, but the people. Man. Derek, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I have so enjoyed coming back into the studio with you. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Um, Derek, where can they find you? So, yeah, find me at getunconstrained.com. Good. And um, also, when you're on the podcast, check out the, the links to the show notes. That'll put you on the Essential Dynamics Wiki, and there's uh, lots of material there. Folks listening at home and in your cars... And uh, in your businesses, consider your quest. <laughs>